0: To the pass, hold it. Defense number 33. Five-yard penalty. Automatic first down. hello and welcome to the fourth and inches officiating podcast my name is roger goodgroves and we're going to be taking an in-depth look at some of the key officiating moments from week five as a reminder video links for all the players we are discussing are in the podcast description let's start as the week did with the thursday night fixture between seattle and the rams we had a very unusual situation on a punt the seahawks were punting on a fourth and 14 play in the third quarter Seattle's Aussie punter, Michael Dixon, has his punt blocked at the line of scrimmage. The loose ball sits nicely for him in, and he scoops it up and attempts to run for the first down. Realising that this isn't going to be possible, he decides to punt it again. Then this threw the officiating commentator Mike Pereira, working for the Fox broadcast, who said that it was illegal. I'm not sure if Pereira had never seen this before, or just got confused, but it was certainly legal. Let's take a look at a few of the intricacies of the kicking game. Firstly, a punt that does not cross the line of scrimmage continues in play. A kick can be blocked by linemen around the line of scrimmage a little either side and it's still considered to be blocked before it crosses the line. What may have put Mike Pereira off was that when punts are blocked normally, the punter rarely gets chance to pick them up again, and occasionally you will see them kick a loose ball on the ground. Now that is illegal. To be a legal kick, it needs to be a punt or a drop kick. The other thing that may have thrown Pereira is an edit in this year's rulebook that clarified that if the ball went beyond the line of scrimmage, and then came back behind, the second kick is illegal. The final part of this play that threw a few people was where the punter kicked it from. Remember, to be legal, the ball, or the punter with the ball, needs to have not gone beyond the line of scrimmage. To be considered as beyond, all of the kicker needs to be beyond the line. If any part of his body is on the line of scrimmage, he is still considered to be be behind that line and he certainly had part of his body that wasn't beyond the line. Now let's move on to another aspect of this play. We know that in order to be a good official, you need to know the rules. Duh, that seems obvious. Well, the other key aspects of being a good official is being in the right place to adjudicate those rules. This play highlights the mechanics of the officials and why they are so important. If you watch the official on the sideline away from the camera, you will notice he stays on the line of scrimmage until the first kick. Now his responsibilities change and he would normally have to officiate the kick return and look for illegal blocks, etc. You see him start to move downfield for this task and realising the kick hasn't crossed the line, he quickly gets back to the original line of scrimmage, which is essential as being able to rule on if the kicker has crossed the line. It's very difficult unless you are looking directly down that line. Then on to the Jags game against the Titans, and we had a listener question on a play early in the first quarter. With no score on the board, the Jags threw a pass to their tight end, and due to the hit by the defender, the ball ends up on the floor, is recovered by the Titans, and returned for a touchdown. This was ruled to be a catch and then a fumble, so the Titans returning it to the house counted. However, let's break this down a little. To be a catch, there are three elements needed and they have to happen in sequence. There needs to be control, two feet down and then time. Now this time is often measured as the time to perform a football move. A third step is that move, so is a turn up field or a lunge forward. In this particular play we had the control and the start of a turn prior to the two feet being down and then the receiver continues his turn just as the hit comes. In my view we never had a football move after the control and the feet so this should have been ruled as an incomplete catch, not a catch and fumble. Now we talked earlier about the importance of mechanics, the ability for the official to be in the right place at the right time. A very solid example of these mechanics was visible on an Eagles fumble into their own end zone. With about two minutes remaining, in the first half of their game against Carolina, a wayward snap goes over the head of the QB and into the end zone. The referee immediately backs up to cover the end line, whilst the center judge struggles the goal line to look if anybody picks up the ball and gets out of the end zone. As the play develops and the goal line is no longer threatened, the centre judge moves to the end line to support the referee. A very good example of knowing what's going to be important and being there to make the call. Now we talked in week one about a few new rules that had been introduced for this season. I said I wouldn't go into detail until I had some good video to help illustrate them. Well, in the game between the Lions and the Vikings, the tight end on the left of the formation is called for an illegal low block. Now, depending on where you were on the field, low blocks have sometimes been legal previously. However, the league has now tightened up the rule and it's now no longer possible to block legally anywhere low unless it's between a zone stretching from tight end to tight end. Of course, assuming the formation would have two. Now in the video example, this is a good pickup by the officials, as there are actually two tight ends to one side of the formation. It would be easy to miss this and see the tight end on the left and assume he's inside the tight end box. Now over in Arizona, fans of San, Fr- fans of San Francisco even were up in arms during their game against the Cardinals. Arizona were backed up on their own five-yard line and the right guard pulled down the 49ers' defender. Whilst the defender ended up in the end zone and a foul in the end zone would result in a safety, this was correctly ruled that the illegal contact had begun outside the end zone and was correctly flagged as holding but also correctly not called as a safety. In the Raiders game against the Bears, there was a very unusual looking play when the Raiders running back dived toward the end zone trying to score. The Bears defender charged to meet him and immediately grabbed the ball out of his arms and started running back the other direction. With this play, what's important to know is that as soon as the diving running back got even the nose of the football over the front edge of the goal line, that play was over at this point effectively and the ball was dead. So what happened after that moment was immaterial. It looked very strange, but it was ruled correctly as a touchdown on the field and confirmed in replay. We had a rather comical situation in the Chargers game against Cleveland. With the Chargers up by one point and with little time left on the clock, they were approaching the Browns end zone. On the first of these two plays in the video, you see the Chargers running back deliberately drop to the ground to avoid going out of bounds. On the very next play, the Chargers try hard not to score to consume as much time as possible. The Browns were having none of it and dragged the running back into the end zone for the touchdown. Now, from a rules perspective, there's no issue with trying to consume time fairly, nor in the Browns pulling the runner. If, however, it had been the Chargers pulling the run-in back forward, that would be a foul for assisting the runner. We started with Thursday night's game, so only fitting to end with the play from Monday Night Football. With the Colts up 16-3 halfway through the third quarter, the Ravens have driven the ball down to the Colts' one-yard line when Lamar Jackson tries to sneak in on the right-hand side. The Colts' defender isn't fooled and tackles him. As Jackson is going to the ground, he fumbles a ball, which is picked up by the Colts, and return the length of the field from an apparent score. A couple of things were interesting from the subsequent replay review. Firstly, just how close to being down Lamar was with his fumble. As he carried the ball very unsoundly, it made that determination even harder. Running backs are taught to make sure they have firm control and grip over the ball, quarterbacks have a tendency to hold the ball as if they're going to pass it which leads inevitably if they're hit to the chance of more chance of a fumble secondly on the Colts returning the ball for the score it was determined that there was an illegal forward pass this confused some people as the pass was clearly in front of the person they passed to However, whilst both players were moving forward relative to each other, the ball, on the other hand, didn't travel backwards. Now, that may sound illogical. However, in determining if a pass is backward or forward, the only thing in play are the spot where the ball left possession of the passer and the spot where the next person touched it. By the way, you'll notice I don't use the commonly used football term of a lateral. In the rules, there is no such thing passes forward if it travels forward from the original spot any other direction is by rule backwards even if it goes physically sideways well that's all we've got time for this week i'll be live blogging from the london game this week so if you have any queries on that game or any other this weekend just message me more next week but for now it's goodbye